good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Thursday, the 9th of June, 2022, and it is obviously great to be back on the show yet again. We've had a few weeks off, we've enjoyed our time, and now we have to get back to do a little bit of work with the Expat Daily Show. Now, over the course of the last couple of weeks, I've experienced life outside of Thailand, and I certainly am in a position to compare what I have seen and experienced versus what has is and continues to go on in Thailand. And we'll get to that over the course of this show and future shows. So let's just jump into the first story of today, which is in relation to Priot and uh, Thai's flooding his Facebook page with comments after the mods forget to turn off mentions on his actual posts. The official Facebook of Thailand's Prime Minister, which typically disables the comments section, was overwhelmed by comments from Thai netizens after they noticed that one photo was open for commenting. Uploaded in November last year, the current profile picture of Priyat Chanacha went viral over the past few days with over 56,000 comments from Thai Facebook users, with most of the reactions being laughing and angry emojis. The comments section has since been turned off. Thai netizens, who have been under Priot's administration since a military coup in 2014 and somewhat reticent to comments during the coup government, were not hesitant to voice their thoughts about the Premier. There has been zero progress in the previous eight years, one commenter wrote. If you cannot lead the country properly, then leave. Another one questioned why Priot is not ashamed despite his lack of leadership abilities. You should resign right now. The only suitable role for you is the country's burden, the user said. Referring to his visit to Phuket this week, Priot said in the page's recent post that he aims to transform Phuket to become Thailand's tourism centre over the next five years, particularly the wellness hub that would serve overseas tourists in the post-Covid era. But those comments on the page suggest that his role as the country's leader should come to an end as soon as possible. Let others with visions lead the country forward, and Edison commented. Do not think that without you, the country cannot go on. And that seems to be the general um, thoughts of many Thai citizens now in relation to their prime minister, that he basically is a lame duck prime minister, that he has no future in this country. And his current thoughts about, you know, speaking about democracy and talking about other people getting elected when in fact he's never been elected as the premier of the country. He's been elected by a military government and a military-backed Senate. So, in fact, he has never run for election and he's never been chosen by the people to be the Prime Minister of this country. I think when you're paid receives 55,000 plus comments and the majority are negative, you should start to look at that and think to yourself, maybe it's time to resign and let someone else take over. Now, we are fully expecting a general election by the end of this year or at the beginning of next year because that's the time that one will be due. And hopefully, If the Bangkok uh, governor election is anything to go by, we will certainly be seeing a lot of change here in the country. And moving along, Thai Army spends over 7 million baht to test useless GT-200 bomb scanners. The National Science and Technology Agency has been asked to test 700 G2-200 bomb scanners purchased by the Thai Army over a decade ago to determine whether they work. 
Party list MP ranks in Rome said that he does not understand why the army has to test the fake scanners which have already been proved completely useless. Anyone can test a scanner with just a screwdriver without the need to pay 10,000 baht apiece, he said. The Move Forward Party from Changsao province said that about 14 years ago, several state agencies purchased several hundred GT200 bomb scanners, including 757 for the army alone, and they all have been discarded as useless. He wonders whether the 7.5 million baht spending of taxpayers' money was to actually clear a few generals responsible for the procurement of the devices of any wrongdoing. Assistant Professor Jasada of the Faculty of Science at Chilanacorn University, who tested the GT200 bomb scanners about 14 years ago, said in his Facebook post on Friday that the devices are just two pieces of plastic glued together with an antenna attached and no internal mechanism or battery. He claimed that he was involved in previous tests conducted by the Electrical and Electronic Products Testing Center of the NSTDA, in which the scanners failed to locate a test explosive device. Jasada also said that there were no point in new tests on devices which should have been dumped or destroyed. The Defence Ministry spokesman claimed yesterday that the new tests were recommended by the Office of the Attorney General because it needed solid evidence to be presented to the court to prove that the devices are useless in its case against the company and its executive for the sale of the devices to the Army. The Army bought 757 GT200 bomb scanners at a total cost of 683 million baht. In its Facebook post last night, the NSTDA claimed that it had meticulously tested the bomb scanners in accordance with international standards and the amount it charged it is much lower than which would have been charged by a foreign lab. Now an update on this story is that this whole testing thing has been cancelled. Now it does make you wonder what exactly the Thai army have been up to here and exactly why things like this are going on. A quick google on Wikipedia would have told you that these are fake and have been proven to be fake all around the world. So this is just yet another waste of Thai taxpayers money yet again by this government and the military. Now moving along and following up on a story that we covered about six months ago, life imprisonment for police who tortured suspect to death. Six policemen, including the former chief of Muang Nakan Sawan police station, were sentenced to life imprisonment on Wednesday for torturing a drug suspect to death with plastic bags placed over his head. The Central Criminal Court for Corruption and Misconduct initially gave them the death penalty. The sentence was commuted to life because they confessed to some acts, attempted to resuscitate the suspect and gave financial assistance to the victim's family. The sentence was handed down to the former police colonel Titasan Utasampan, 39, or formerly known as Joe Ferrari, who was the chief of the Nakan Sawan police station at the time and five of his subordinates. Titasan was also known by the nickname as we went, Joe Ferrari, because of his collection of luxury cars. From August 4 to 6, 2021, they detained drug suspect Jurapong Tanapat, 24 years of age, for questioning at Nakansawan Station. The suspect's head was covered with plastic bags during questioning and he died as a consequence. A video clip of the questioning was leaked, even though surveillance cameras at the scene were removed afterwards. The defendants were arraigned on charges of malfeasance, coercion and lethal torture. Titasan had denied allegations that he and his team were trying to extort money from the suspect, saying they were trying to get information from him because they found pictures of drugs in the suspect's mobile phone. The court's ruling was delivered via a video conference to the defendant at Klong Prem Central Prison as a COVID-19 control measure. The victim's parents were in the courtroom. The court found the defendants guilty as charged. 
Titusan had denied the fatal torture charge and the five other defendants denied all charges. A seventh defendant was sentenced to five year and four months in prison for malfeasance and coercion. The defendants had earlier denied the charges. The term was commuted from eight years because he did confess to some actions in the case, attempted to resuscitate the suspect and he gave financial aid to the victim's family as well. Titusan also made headlines when reporters found 13 luxury cars worth more than 100 million baht at a 60 million baht five-ride mansion in Bangkok. The customs department said that as part of his job, Titusan had confiscated 367 illegal vehicles, including high-end cars, from 2011 to 2017. The department confirmed that Titusan was eligible for rewards for seizing the vehicles. Of the cars, 363 were sold at auctions, fetching about 1 billion baht. A total of 30% of the proceeds were allocated to people who provided information to the authorities and 25% went to the arresting officers, including police and customs officials. So a little bit of good news, I guess, in the Thai judicial system. I am somewhat surprised that they actually gave him the death penalty because I really thought this case was going to be fixed. Now, who knows what's going to happen in the future, of course, with his life sentence. We do know that there is always a lot of royal pardons here in the country and that people sometimes get commuted down to nothing. But I do believe they've actually changed some of those rules as well in relation to people who can get pardons and how long they must serve before they would be able to be eligible for a pardon. But of course, we will see in the future whether or not this guy ever gets out of prison or he'll rot in jail like he should. But yes, this is a positive conclusion to this whole saga and case and I'd love to know what you think about it. Do you think he deserved to get the death penalty? Do you think the life sentence is appropriate? I'd love to know your thoughts as always guys down below in the comment section. And moving straight along, Governor gets backing to extend nightlife hours to 2am. Tourism operators are supporting the Bangkok Governor's proposal to extend nightlife hours until 2am and lift the outdoor mask mandate to boost tourism demand and attract workers back to the industry. Allowing things to get back to normal, especially nightlife, is the right move to improve the economy and tourism demand after many destinations have already ended restrictions, said Marisol Sukasal, president of the Thai Hotels Federation. Bangkok Governor Chatchart Sitapunt wants to extend operating hours of entertainment venues to 2am from midnight. He also suggested mass mandates in public areas and open spaces be removed as caseloads in the capital subside. Mr. Chachart is expected to submit proposals to the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration for further approval. According to the Hotel Sentiment Index in May, conducted by the Thai Hotel Association and the Bank of Thailand, 164 hoteliers were polled from May 11 to 25th and indicated the hotel employment rate has increased by 68% to the level of 2019. However, 54% of hotel respondents face shortages of skilled workers as many experienced staff permanently left the hospitality business. Ms. Marisa said 43% of the respondents hired more temporary staff at the same salary rate, 21% froze both employment and salaries, and 18% increased salaries to attract new workers. Some hotel workers want to go back once business significantly rebound, which could be around the final quarter, she said. The labor shortage might be solved by then. Most hotels are worried about higher operation costs, weak demand and limited operating hours of some businesses or tourism sites, according to the poll. Miss Marisa said extending hours for nighttime entertainment venues and ending compulsory mask mandates will support sentiment, but the industry still wants the Thailand Pass system to be removed to create greater flow of tourists. 
As of May 31st, the number of foreign arrivals this year stood at 1.3 million, of which 123,000 came from India, followed by the UK at 96,000 and Malaysia 78,500. The President of the Tourism Council of Thailand said that there is an urgent need to return to normality so tourism-related businesses can regain financial stability and win back the confidence of their workers. Mr. Chaman said relaxations on night entertainment venues and outdoor mask rules should not only be adopted in Bangkok but must be rolled out nationwide to show Thailand's readiness to welcome tourists. Now, this is something that, after being abroad for the last couple of weeks, I can certainly relate to. Wearing masks in Europe is gone. People just don't do it anymore. Life as I can see it, and especially in my own country of Ireland, and I've been to Spain and other places, people have gotten back to normal. They don't talk about COVID anymore. They just get on with life. They don't talk about endemic status so we can all return to normal. They've just gotten on with it. And that's exactly what Thailand needs to do right now. Instead, what Thailand is doing is still creating barriers so people can return to normality. I have to say one of the most enlightening things for me was when I got off the plane at Dublin airport was removing my mask and not having to put it back on over the course of my holiday because nobody else was doing it. Yes, there was a couple of people here and there of the older people or people who had underlying uh, illnesses and they were maybe prone to more heavier sicknesses due to contracting COVID. But the majority of people had no masks on. And everybody was happy. This weirdness that Thailand has created due to COVID is is really, really needs to stop. And Thailand needs to get back to a normal life, which can be done. We don't need endemic status anymore. We don't need to be talking about COVID and releasing daily numbers anymore. This all needs to stop. And Thailand needs to move on. But of course, the longer they continue to do it, the longer they continue to have these silly rules and regulations, the longer tourism in this country will certainly suffer. We had last week the absolute shit show going on in Phuket where the governor on a Tuesday released a new order saying that no more did you have to wear masks outside. And then the next day it was rescinded and saying, yes, you have to wear them again. This is all the craziness of what has been going on over the last number of months here in the kingdom and things definitely do need to change. Now, I'd love to know what you guys think about it. Do you think it's time Thailand just stop this nonsense and moved on, which I think most people do? Or do you still think there is a need to be cautious? As always, I would love to have your opinion down below in that comment section. And keeping on the same vibe of tourism, the minister wants the Thai Pass axed. Tourism and Sports Minister Piapad Rachabakarn said he will ask Prime Minister Prayachana Cha to propose that the Thailand Pass registration scheme be axed at the next meeting of the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration. Mr Piapad said he estimated that once the scheme is lifted, the number of foreign tourists will rise to 30,000 per day, which would assist with Phuket's economic recovery. The number then may go up to 40 to 50,000 later in the year. In the past, the highest number of daily arrivals was 100,000. We have to fight to reach this target again, he said. The minister was speaking while in Phuket, accompanying General Pryat on a visit to the island's province yesterday to inspect the implementation of education and tourism policies. Mr. Piapat said, while General Pryat is in Phuket, he would ask them to propose this at the next meeting of the CCSA for the Thailand Pass requirement to be lifted. At present, foreign tourists must still apply for Thailand Pass registration with a need to provide passport and vaccination details and a $10,000 health insurance policy. Thai nationals are no longer required to apply for such 
registration. After the lifting of such measures, Mr Piapat believed that the economy will gradually recover, particularly hotels, restaurants and rental car businesses. The country is expected to generate revenue from the spending of domestic and international tourists for about 1.5 trillion baht this year. The government and the ministry will try to attract about 10 million tourists this year, he said. Thailand broke its annual tourism record with 39 million tourist arrivals in 2019, up from about 38 million the year before. Meanwhile, General Pryat yesterday expressed his confidence that tourism in Thailand will recover. As the number of foreign tours gradually increase, the lifting of entry requirements will facilitate tourists, he said, at the opening of the Thailand Tourism Congress 2022. And all this is common sense and you don't need any kind of an education to be able to guess that if you get rid of the restrictions, tourism numbers will increase. And let's hope that the government this month will act and that on July 1st, the Thailand Pass will be no more and something we never have to talk about again. Now speeding along, Japan to ask foreign tourists to wear masks, take out insurance. Sound familiar? The Japanese government said Tuesday it will ask foreign tourists to wear face masks and take out insurance to cover medical expenses in the event they contract COVID-19 as Japan restarts accepting visitors in stages later this week. Japan's tourism ministry has compiled guidelines for travel agencies and hotels ahead of Friday's resumption of accepting arrivals for the purpose of tourism. Entry will be initially restricted to guided tours from 98 countries and regions presenting the lowest risk of infection, including the United States, Britain, China, South Korea, Indonesia and Thailand. Understanding of the guidelines and compliance will lead to the smooth resumption of inbound tourism and its expansion. Land Infrastructure, Transport and Tourism Minister Tetsu Saitu told a press conference on Tuesday. Under the guidelines, travel agencies will gain the consent of tour participants to comply with the measures by explaining upon sales or reservations of tours that they will not be penalized for failing to comply but may not be able to take part in tours. The guidelines also state that travel agencies will set tour routes to avoid crowded areas and select facilities that thoroughly implement antivirus measures and gather information on multilingual medical institutions and hotels for isolation. While in Japan, the agencies will transport tour participants found to be infected with the novel coronavirus to medical institutions and support them until they leave the country. They will also ask permission to notify them if they are found infected with the novel coronavirus within a week after returning home. The agencies will keep records of the tours, including places they visited and where they sat in public transportation. If participants are found to be infected, they can quickly identify close contacts who need to be isolated. Those who are not close contacts will be able to continue their tour. Ahead of the resumption of tourist travel, Japan has conducted test tours for inbound travellers from the United States, Australia, Singapore and Thailand. The Thai group's tour was suspended after a participant tested positive for the virus. The country has been gradually easing restrictions of the entry of foreign visitors, seeking to match other group of seven nations after coming under fire at home and abroad for its tough border controls. But it is likely to take some time for the country to reopen its borders to individual tourists as concern lingers within the government over the potential resurgence of infections. Japan on Wednesday doubled its cap on daily arrivals to the country to 20,000 and allowed most to forego coronavirus tests and quarantine periods. The forthcoming guided tour participants will be included in the 20,000 per day arrival quota. Now, I don't know what Japan are up to, another country that are just miles and miles behind the rest of the world. I wish them all the luck in the world, but I have a feeling this kind of tour and this kind of setup is not going to draw too many people to its shores. 
And finally, the Phuket News Data Report. Phuket Field Hospital at PRU closes. The field hospital set up at Phuket Ratchabat University to provide care and accommodation to people who had tested positive for COVID-19 has finally been closed. Shillong couple charged for beating three-year-old to death. A Shillong couple has been charged for repeatedly beating a three-year-old from which the young girl died as a result of her injuries. And finally, Vashira Chief apologises for baby's broken arm. Dr. Wirasek Lortong Konkam, director of the Vashira Phuket Hospital, today gave his best guess as to why a newborn baby in the hospital's care suffered a broken arm, but apologised for the incident. And I want to thank everybody for their support, as always, to the Thai Expat Daily Show. If you can please like this video, subscribe to the channel and share it, it would be absolutely fantastic. Also, apologies for the sound at the moment. We are using a different microphone because the one we currently have is not working. We are working on getting that fixed and hopefully in the near future, it will be working again and we can bring you a much more better quality sound. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.